Oh, hello. Welcome back. It's us. <laughs> it's us, your friendly neighborhood idiots. Yes. With another episode uh, of Goose Chase. Goose Chase. Mm-hmm. This is a uh, drug. Drugsy baby. Drugsy baby. And across from me is Cookie Munchin Port. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we have Stroopwafels. Yeah, we got some Stroopwafels. They've been warmed on my cup, as recommended. Yes, by the packaging. <laughs> I haven't had Stroopwafels since I lived in Chicago, and some Eastern European women that I worked with suggested them to me. Mm-hmm. And so I ate them, and they were magical. But the ones I had come in, like, a plastic sheath of, like... Ah. 10 to 12 of them. Oh my god, that's it's, a lot of Stroopwafels. It's amazing. I mean, they're like, it's like a family pack of Stroopwafels. Mm. Um, these are just like little individually wrapped ones I got at Walgreens. You get two in a pack, and it was like two bucks. So mm. I had to eat them. They're not bad. All these right. are pretty good. I'm going to have to give this a go. Let's see what this is. Yeah, I'm going to try not about. to eat into the microphone. But... <laughs> oh. Mm. Good news is they're not that crunchy. No. Stroopwafels are really chewy. Oh my god. Yeah, so people who don't know don't know what Stroopwafels are. Oh, they're super it's like stroopy. Two, <laughs> they're just full of Stroop. Um, wow. It's like two really thin waffles, but they're almost kind of chewy with caramel sandwiched between them. And then they suggest like dipping them in coffee or warming them on top of your coffee mug when it's yeah. nice and hot. Um... They're delicious. And they're nice and cinnamony. Yeah, they they have like a gooey thing when you chew into them. Mm-hmm. You know, really like cinnamony in there. Yeah, I feel like these are more heavy on the cinnamon than the ones I've had before. Oh my god, they're so good. But I like cinnamon, so I'm going to struggle really hard not to eat all of this immediately. Oh, you have another cookie, too. Oh my god. <laughs> it's so tasty. I believe in this troop. The Stroop is made a follower out of The Stroop is real. The Stroop is strong with this one. Also, we have this uh, Indian date cookie over here if you want to eat that. <laughs> oh, yeah. We're going to get to that. Definitely. <laughs> we're going to work, do it. work our way through many strange delicacies today. Also, this has nothing to do with the topic of the episode. Not we're at just, all. We're just eating cookies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this episode is just cookies. Um, no, okay, so this is our fourth episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, recorded uh, at September 2nd. 2017, mm-hmm. long before you probably hear this, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, we have we have a very fun topic today. But first, it's time to open with our regular segment, our news quiz. <sighs> and I am gonna try to stump you. Yeah, I'm gonna try to stump you good. Actually, mm. I don't know how this is gonna go. I mean. We don't have the best reputation, although what you got it right last time, I think. I think so. I think I broke our, our unwinning streak. Yeah, so maybe maybe you'll be able to do it. I you know what? I'm not that confident in this one, so I'm gonna I'm gonna just throw it at you and see what happens here. Okay, let's go. Okay. Now this is two lies and a truth, right? Yes. It's two no, lies and the truth. You gotta figure out which one is the true story of these three true news story. stories from this week. First one. In response to increasing demand for removal of controversial statues from state houses, the Kentucky Capitol building mistakenly authorized the removal of a statue of Colonel Sanders. The authorization was revoked as a clerical error. Okay. That's number one. Number two. In July, a family was awoken in the middle of the night to 15 pounds of frozen pork slamming into their roof. It is presumed to have fallen out of an airplane. Okay. Number three. In July also, 30,000 cans of SpaghettiOs were recalled when a science blog's test of the product's meatballs identified trace amounts of raccoon DNA. All of these are believable to me. (laughs) I'm just going to say that they're all real and you're fucking with me. (laughs) I think you and I have a capacity for belief in human stupidity and error and fuck up. Nine times out of ten, I will err with the side of someone fucked up. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's a good bet. It causes problems at work because it's like, oh man, there's an issue with the system. And in my head, the first thing I jump to is probably user error. (laughs) Yeah. Although our system is stupid, but usually usually it's user error. That's a fair bet (laughs) almost all the time. Um... 
But yeah, these are your three. Number one. Okay, can we repeat? Number one, they authorize the removal of a statue of Colonel Sanders in Kentucky. Number two, a family awoken by 15 pounds of frozen pork slamming into their roof. Number three, 30,000 cans of SpaghettiOs recalled due to trace amounts of raccoon DNA. I'm going to go with the Colonel Sanders statue because I just want it to be real. Colonel Sanders statue. Yeah. You are busted. Ah, I wanted it to be <laughs> I real. know, me too. As I was writing it, I'm like, oh, God, I wish. Because it's so easy for someone to not pay attention and sign a form. Yeah, well, and he's he's got, he could have, like, a Confederate general look to him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. He kind of does look like that so, old antebellum South kind of, like. Yeah, uh, you're, you're really good at playing to the times and, like, taking something that's, like, a real article, but then just tweaking a detail to make it false. Uh-huh. So, I knew it probably wasn't real, but I just wanted it to be real. So, is the raccoon one the real one? No. The the yes. frozen meats? 15 pounds of frozen pork slamming into the roof of a family. Uh, I in my, in my hastiness, I did not detail where it happened. Mm. Um... But uh, the the further details on this are actually kind of mysterious. As I was reading it, I was confused because the pork was in a bag and was labeled by the owner of the... Like, it was labeled as to the owner of, like, where it was being shipped to. Okay. But that person claimed that they hadn't ordered or wasn't shipping any or something like that. Like, whatever it was, it was like the details didn't line up. Oh, okay. So, like, they, they were identified on the pork, but they knew nothing about the pork. Which is very mysterious to me. I think the pork became sentient. <laughs> I think... Bundled itself up. It bundled itself up. It was playing a little prank. You know how when you order like 20 pizzas to somebody's house? <laughs> it, it just ordered 15 pounds of itself. To someone's house. <laughs> That's downright nice. I would love pork to play a prank like that on me. Man, that's a tongue twister. <laughs> <laughs> I would love just like 20 pounds of sentient pork. <laughs> You know what? Knowing that, I don't want to eat it. <laughs> I know. It seems too valuable. Its life is too precious to me now. Yeah. Uh, so, unfortunately, I busted you. <sighs> you busted me. Uh, I'll get you, I'll get you one of these. Uh, one of these times you're going to get me back. I know yeah. I know that you will. Yeah, I'm just going to do my best to stump you next time. <sighs> Raccoon <clears throat> DNA was pretty believable. Wait, is there going to be a next time? There will be a... What do you mean there will be a next time? Well, I know there will be a next time, but I was just thinking... We're leaving on vacation soon, so I was just thinking when that's going to fall. But we'll probably record Wednesday, and we're not leaving until Friday. Right, yeah. So the next one will be before we leave. Yeah. Presumably. Yeah. Assuming you have enough time to do research and all that, and you feel comfortable. If not, we can always push it, but... Yeah. We haven't decided on topics yet, but I'm sure I'll have time. So anyway, that does it for our news quiz. Yeah. So, I have a segment for you. Oh boy, I'm I excited told about you this. Briefly about it, okay, but nothing specific. So today, my segment is basically some uh, etymology of a weird phrase okay. that I hadn't really—I probably heard it, but never really thought much of it before. Okay, I am—I don't want to say a fan of Scientology. I'm very. <laughs> Intrigued by Scientology. I've done completely a lot of obsessed would be the right obsessed. way to say it. I've done a lot of research, I've read a lot of articles, watched a lot of videos. And one of the things I do um, is I listen to a podcast called Surviving Scientology. It's by Jeffrey Augustine. Mm-hmm. And he has been doing this research and stuff for a really long time. He's actually married to someone. I'm gonna butcher. I'm gonna butcher her name. I don't know how to pronounce it. Her first name is Karen, but her last name is like De La Carre or De La Carrere. Okay. Um, she was very high up in Scientology. At some point, she was married to someone who was very, very high up in Scientology. Um, they've suffered a lot of tragedy because of Scientology themselves. Jeffrey Augustine didn't get very involved in Scientology himself. Yeah. Um. But he met her and later married her and, like, he was put off by Scientology when he started to get into it. Right. And then started doing all this research. He has a website. I think it's called the ScientologyMoneyProject.com. Oh. He follows the money. He used to be in um, 
business and this is something that's his forte. So he follows their money, um, tries to figure out where it's going and what they're spending it on by okay. looking at public records and stuff like that. Okay. Um, he's a really interesting guy. I, I just from listening to hours of him talking, I think a really good person uh, with his heart in the right place. And so I like listening to his podcast about Scientology because he interviews people who were in Scientology, often people who were in Scientology for a very long time. Which one is this one again? That's Surviving Scientology. Okay. Yeah, we've listened um, to this together. Yes. he. I think he has it on YouTube also. Sometimes he has like video ones, but I just listened to the audio version in my car. They're usually pretty long. I guess not that long, like an hour to two hours, depending on who he's interviewing. And mm-hmm. oftentimes he has multiple episodes with them. So in the last episode I listened to, he was interviewing John Attic, A-T-A-C-K. Okay. Um, John Attic wrote a book about Scientology. I want to say it was like in the 70s. Trying to remember the name of that book. It was Let's Sell Them a Piece of Clear Blue Sky, I think is the name of the book. Okay, that's an interesting name to begin um, with. And this podcast was the second episode of him interviewing John Attic. If anyone wanted to listen to it, um, probably start with the first episode of John Attic, but whatever. Yeah. Um. He's an interesting guy, too, and I was enjoying hearing him talk, but he was talking a lot about L. Ron Hubbard Jr., who went by the nickname Nibs. Okay. I didn't know there was an L. Ron Hubbard Jr., actually. Well, he eventually left the Church of Scientology, and he changed his last name to Wolf. Okay. Um, I have heard slam poetry done by one of his, his, like, uh, great-grandchild or nephew or something like that about his family. It was actually okay. It I'm not like terrible. In it was actually good. It was actually good. Um, slam poetry is a bad start for me anyway, though. Like, I'm immediately <laughs> like, Ugh. There's good slam poetry and there's bad slam I poetry. I can't wait to see it. <laughs> um, I'll find the video for you later. Yeah. Uh, he's, he's very interesting, his grandchild or whoever that person was, but he talked about the fact that they changed their last name as not to be associated with L. Ron Hubbard. Yeah. But L. Ron Hubbard Jr. always went by the nickname Nibs. And I was like, that's a weird nickname. <laughs> it is a weird and nickname. Nibs. In uh like a like a pen? Kind of. I'll like get a to pen that. nib? Yes. So John Attic said that the reason he went by Nibs is because they would call him his nibs. It's a derivative of the phrase his nibs, which is a real thing. Have you ever heard of this? His nibs? His nibs. His... <laughs> Not nibs. I know. Not nibs. But I'm sort of going like... Nibs. Other than the kind of nibs I'm thinking of, what makes me special <laughs> nibs, that so, they're his nibs. This is like kind of an honorary title, quotes. Oh. But sort of like... Your nibbliness. But yeah, but sort of like mocking. So his okay. nibs is usually a title people will use to refer to someone who, like, let me just go to the website that I got this information from okay. and read it from them. Also, I want to tell you what the website is because I want to look into them more. They're pretty cool. Um, they're called Worldwide Words. Okay. Also hard to say. Investigating the English language across the globe. Okay. And... From what I've gathered, at least part of the website is people having a question about a phrase or a word, and they'll write in, and the person who runs the website will do a little bit of research and report back and be like, hey, this is where this came from, this is why we use this phrase. Right. Really interesting. So, um, according to them, his nibs is a mildly derisive mock title used to refer to a self-important man, especially one in authority. So I don't know why from a child they started referring to this kid as his nibs and then just started calling him nibs. I have no idea why. I can imagine that. that. Happened, a little like, little entitled kid running around yeah, expecting his, oh, everything. His nibs. Yeah, this surprises me none. That's all children are I his mean, nibs. The thing is, like 
he was basically abandoned by L. Ron Hubbard for a long time. He didn't have much to do with his dad until he was older. So yeah, I don't know how entitled he really was as a child, but well, you know, who knows? all kids just sort of expect you to drop everything for it's them true. at any given minute. Because, it's true. Because all kids what they're are doing assholes. Is, yeah. Even the nicest, best kids, except your kid Judy. I'm not talking about your kid. <laughs> <laughs> Basically all kids. You know there's going to be someone named Judy who's like, not my kids. <laughs> Judy. Judy. <laughs> Looking at you. Your kids aren't special, Judy. Your kids are the same as everyone else's kids. <laughs> and that's okay. It's but just fine. be cool with it. But just, like, stop it. <laughs> Sick of your shit, Judy. <laughs> um, so his nibs, huh? His nibs. Uh, so, I wanted to talk about the phrase a little bit. It was recorded first in print around 1820. It's presumably older than that. Um, As far as why the word nibs, there's no real, like, specific pinned-down reason. It could have come from nab, an old term for head. Okay. Nib, which was a slang term for a freshman at Cambridge. <laughs> okay. Or knob or like N-O-B or K-N-O-B, which were terms for the head. Okay. Or neb, which is a word for beak, nose, or mouth. Or nib for the nib of a pen. Right. Um, it could have had an association with supposed social superiors. Having to do with that, like, self-importance, that they have their noses in the air. Okay. Um, So reference to nab that or nab that way. Uh, It's a a source of the cribbage expression, one for his knob, referring to a jack of the same suit as the card turned up by the dealer. One for his knob. One for his knob. Lucky fella. (laughs) Some have suggested that knob... In the sense of a person of some wealth or social distinction, mm-hmm. could have been like like a shortened form of like noble or nobleman. Mm-hmm. They could have been a lot of things that right. this came from, but basically his his nibs is we don't know exactly where it derived from, but it's just like this title, the kind of like mocking title you'd use. So yeah. if you have a friend who like every time comes around just thinks he's the most important thing in the room. When he's not around, you go to your other friends and be like, oh, his nibs is coming over. <laughs> yeah, right. Or some people refer to their dogs <sighs> as his nibs. Their bitchy little non-shut-up-and-dogs. Like like Boba, his nibs. Oh, God, what an asshole. I'm sorry, guys. <sighs> Boba is not, um, he was not working with us today. We had to let him down in the basement. Because he was whining when he was not in the basement. Now he's trying to steal my cookies. Uh, yeah, let's just, uh, yeah. You know, why don't we take a little he's break? Fine. He's fine. He's going to be an asshole no matter what we do with him. Right. He's 90 pounds, like, just for reference for the peoples. And I'm sure they care about our dog. He's 90 pounds and his head is above any table. Uh, yeah. So he's just intrusive. Yeah, he's just an obnoxious little thing. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Anyway, yes, let's that take was a break. His nibs. Oh, yeah, his. That's right, his nibs. <laughs> his nibs. <laughs> um, well, now I know a, a thing I will probably never say, but if uh, I ever see it in print, I will back. recognize let's it. Let's use it a lot. Yeah, let's, maybe. Let's refer to everybody as his nibs. <laughs> oh, his nibs. His nibs. I didn't see you there. <laughs> um, so, anyways, let's take a little break, and we'll come back with our main segment in just a minute. Let's do it. All right. Taste test number two. Mm-hmm. Another segment, a different cookie. Yeah, this is a weird thing we're doing today. <laughs> <laughs> really, I didn't expect the show to be about cookies as much as it is, but yeah, it's beginning you know, to define the hour. Here. It works. 
Um, so this is called Mamoul. Mamoul. M-A-A-M-O-U-L. Mm-hmm. It's from the brand Sultan. Mm, Sultan. The Sultan of cookies. Yes. He looks pretty proud of these cookies. He hails from a land far away where there are many cookies. <laughs> mm. Yes. <laughs> um, so these are like, there's like a date paste mm -hmm. inside of kind of like a... Like a shortbread cookie. Yeah, it's like a shortbread cookie. It's real flaky. It's flaky. It's not very sweet. No. Um, it doesn't taste good I like it. Anything, really. Yeah, I like the texture of it. What do you think of the date filling? I think the date filling is actually the best part of this cookie. Uh huh. The exterior of the cookie is really just there to deliver the date filling to you. Mm hmm. I think. I'm getting crumbs all <laughs> over <laughs> no, I see that. You're making a huge mess. That's okay. Remember that one time? There was like crumbs on the floor. This is mm. from a couple of years ago. And you were looking at it, and I was like, oh, you know what? That was for me. I'll clean that up. <laughs> and you're like, wait, like, but what was it? Yeah. I'm like, oh, just cookie crumbs <laughs> from my purse. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I remember that. And you stopped me and looked me dead in the eye and said, we are 28. <laughs> and then right. I stopped you and said, I'm 27. <laughs> That's right. I remember that. Hey, you know, it's... I've it, not gotten any better. No, no. We're, we're still basically kids in that way, I think. I'm going on 30 and yeah. I'm a dumpster <laughs> fire of a person sometimes. <laughs> uh, anyways, uh, time to move on with our main segment here. I'm so excited. I am very excited about this, too. I put some good research into this one. Uh, the subject that you wanted to know about, would you like to introduce? Yes. Mm. Um, I wanted Dave to tell me all about how we're turning the frickin' frogs gay. Mm, yes, with this chemicals. A, yeah, this is a claim that Alex Jones has made. All I know about it is the viral video of yeah. him making this claim. Yeah, angrily sputtering. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. That's all he does. Yeah, that's basically that's all Alex, Alex Jones, Jones speak. So I wanted to know more about that because all I knew was the viral video and I want to know where this claim comes mm -hmm. from. And you expressed to me that there actually wasn't too, too much to this. It's hard so to talk gonna, a lot about it. Yeah, you're going to give me some other information. Yes. Uh, the focus is really going to be heavily on Alex Jones. Which I'm, I'm cool with because I know very little about the man... Yes. Other than, obviously, what he does right. and that I probably should hate him. Yeah. He's really... The thing is, he's, he's pretty detestable to me. But then there's this other interesting component of him, which is that I, I do think the best liars lie to themselves first. Mm -hmm. They convince themselves. And so it's hard for me, I think, for a lot of people to suss out exactly who Alex Jones is as a person or what he really believes. Mm-hmm. Um, to, so let me just start with a little bit of background on Alex Jones. Um, Alex Jones had a pretty normal childhood by all accounts. He was the son of a dentist and a homemaker, born in Dallas, Texas. Um, you know, pretty ordinary. Like it's, it's not like his parents were like conspiracy weirdos, as far as anyone can tell. Uh, mm -hmm. He, you know, he grew up in Dallas and he got his big start in Austin, uh, and he got his big start in particular on radio. Uh, I guess I should back up a, a bit more and say, if you don't know anything about Alex Jones, he's the uh, owner and uh, uh, I guess the the uh, the anchor, I, I guess, of what he, he calls uh, Infowars, which is his mm. his website and uh, show that he broadcasts online, which is supposed to be on some level a news-like show, mm -hmm. and he's sort of the anchor of it. Uh, except it's all these sort of like insane, nonsensical uh, claims that, that sort of make him famous. Like you're turning the freaking frogs gay. <laughs> right. Um, he's uh, believed to be worth about $5 million, which actually, that did surprise me. I knew he made money, but I can't, I couldn't imagine $5 bucks. That surprises me too. What the listeners can't see is my look of consternation while I chew on this cookie. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's concerning. <laughs> yeah, I mean, 
I want $5 million. Yeah, right. Well, the, the way he makes money, as has been covered extensively, and actually I would recommend the John Oliver segment on Alex Jones to anyone who hasn't seen it. I'll probably watch that later today. It's really good. I'll watch what it with you. What was the other thing we are going to watch? Uh, oh, the um, the guy related to L. Ron Hubbard, the slam poetry. Yeah, right. No, we got a whole bunch of things. We got things we didn't do from last week. Um, so he also, his main thing is that he, he sells products associated with the show. Or like things that claim to revitalize your your ding dong, or things that will block fluoride from crushing your brain, or whatever. So he's like the Doctor Oz of conspiracy theories. Yeah, in a big way, he is. That's kind of a huge part of. I'll sell you some magic beans. He got started with this a long time ago too, which I'll get to. But yes, basically magic beans. Um, He also runs a site called Prison Planet. Which uh, basically is a subscription for $6 a month, which is like a sort of like a premium show. Um, it's basically the same thing as InfoWars. You're saying PRISM, like P-R-I-S-M? Prism, prison Planet, as in we are all incarcerated okay. by the dark overlords that run our everyday existence. Okay. Uh, he's also a film producer. He has made a ton of films, uh, many of which he, he actually made himself, some of which he's just a producer on. One of the things I didn't know is he was an executive producer on a movie that you might remember, a 9-11 truther documentary called Loose Change. Okay. This was like uh, basically every like sort of armchair genius conspiracy theorist was citing Loose Change as proof that uh, Bush did 9-11. And uh, the claims made it in it are spurious and easily debunked, but that's the – that's – one of probably his best known works aside from InfoWars itself. Um, so, okay. Uh, Alex Jones's early career starts on public access television. Mm-hmm. In 19... Like you do. Right. <laughs> Actually, it makes perfect sense that this got started on public access because like it's the perfect like forum for something... This is like... Public access television. Yeah, right. It's basically, yeah, it's it's the, exactly where things like that are allowed to survive and thrive. Um, so he, uh, he got to start in 1995 on uh, public access, like I said, in Dallas. Or, uh, yeah, in Dallas. And then very shortly after, like almost no time after, moved on to radio uh, on uh, the, uh, the station KJFK in Dallas. Okay? Um... At the time, sort of like one of the things that was driving him and was like actually booming up his success was what was happening in Waco. Okay. So you have the uh, it's uh, it's David David Crash right the uh, his so. little his little cult the Branch Davidians yeah in Waco Texas who um you know after the events of you know the the burning of their compound and all the people that died in Waco yeah the I mean, that shit was real, real bad. Right. So Alex Jones at this time is, like, obsessed with it. And he considers what happened to them to essentially be, like, tantamount to murder by the ATF and Janet Reno and the standing administration. Yeah. Yeah. There's so much debate about this. Right. Um, And, you know, I've, I've watched a handful of documentaries on this. You can certainly see where people come from with it. I... I, I don't know if it was necessarily handled the best, but you can't discount the actions of the Branch Davidians yeah. either. Yeah. So, like, they weren't innocent in that. Mm-hmm. And they were, like, the way they, what they were doing with the children, basically. And, like, they were just using people. Yeah. As far as... And, I'm not talking about, like, what the religion was doing itself. I'm not getting into that. But just, like, using the kids as a way to, like, manipulate. bullet shields. Yeah. Using children to hold off the government. Using their lives as collateral. Yeah. Which is, like, okay, that's not okay. That wasn't the fault of anyone outside and reacting to it. It was a really, really bad situation. Of course, this is happening in their backyard in Austin. Yeah. You know? So, I mean, this is very, very personal to them. A lot of these people probably know people, you know, or, or associated. Mm-hmm. And 
um, you know, Jones and people like him consider the Branch Davidians to be, you know, basically, you know, maybe, maybe crazy even, but certainly peaceful. That was their argument. So they thought this amounted to, like, murder by okay. the government. And so this kind of agitation is what gets Alex Jones's foot in the door. Yeah. Right place, right time. Well, um, he, he and people like him are the kind of people who use situations that have nothing to do with them sure. to rile people up. I I hate that. Sure. I hate that. But he does that a lot. Like, yeah. That's, that's basically the way that he has continued to operate. Yes. And so Waco was a foot in the door for this kind of thing. Um, he, he finds he, basically, okay, so that's his, that's his big propellant there. Uh-huh. Um, he's... He's still on the radio at uh, KJFK. He's incredibly popular in Austin. He keeps winning, like, you know, contests for, like, the, the best radio jockey or whatever. Like, he's really but, well-liked. So, at, at the radio station, is it just, like, a normal talk radio? Or is it, like, geared towards the stuff he's into? Or is he just, like, a regular radio jockey, like, top 40? He, you could cons- At this time, these people don't know what Alex Jones is or is about to become. He's okay. just a radio He's news guy. He's just chapter. a radio news guy. He's just talk radio, right? Okay. But the radio station is increasingly frustrated with Alex Jones uh, because a lot of his hot button topics, the kind of things that are getting him listeners, they don't want on their station because advertising is what makes money on radio. Yes. And products and companies are increasingly unwilling to be associated with Alex Jones, the kind of things he has to say. Okay. Right? So basically, it's like, Alex, uh, I gotta talk to you. Um,. This is the tenth time you've brought up Waco. Yeah, right. Uh, he won't let it we, go. We're we're gonna need you to stop talking about that shit because yeah. no one wants to give us money, and we can't <laughs> pay you if nobody gives us money, Alex. So it's 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 more than this too. I mean, it's not just Waco. It ends up being all kinds of different things. Uh, you know, the the United States government at large, the Clintons. Um, there's lots of hot button issues that basically forced them to fire him in 1999. Right. Okay. Uh, just as he's basically starting to reach the height of his powers on radio. Because Y2K is approaching. Radio power. <laughs> yeah, Alex Jones is a radio god at this point uh, in his small little pocket of the country. Uh, he's Y2K approaching and he's, he's selling products, survivalist products, already. This is years and years ago, right? So this is basically what he's doing now. I mean, that was the first time in my life. I really remember people being like, oh, yeah, the world's going to end. Yeah. Like, it's going to be bad. Yeah. That was, that um, it was the first time for us. And I remember people going out and getting, like, extra water. And, like, I don't think my family did. I don't think my family did. I think my family was like, eh, fuck it. Like, yeah. <laughs> we'll probably be fine. And you know what? Nothing happened. Nope. Nothing <laughs> happened. was okay. Yeah, we didn't stockpile either. But I remember being scared. I mean, I remember when the ball dropped, I expected the lights to go out. I don't know if this is an edit I made in my head later or if it actually happened, but I feel like I remember the song End of the World as we know it being closely associated with <laughs> with <laughs> that New Year's Eve. <laughs> That's probably true. That's probably true. Yeah. Because uh, the, the panic was real. Um, so, yeah, Alex Jones is prototyping out at this time what becomes his business model years later when he re-emerges, right? Uh, he has a storefront called the Hardware Store selling uh, survival supplies, things like that. But he gets fired. Uh, and he moves his radio show to broadcast out of his home. So okay. now he started with the internet already. This is like... And it, that's that's pretty early on. Yeah, it's like basically 1999-2000, Alex Jones has left traditional media. And is doing a show his way. Okay, I will give him some props here because obviously he's dedicated. Yeah. Um, and he's somewhat knowledgeable because this is like a media that it's a medium and mm-hmm. a media that other people haven't really explored too much yet. It was really new at the time. Yeah. So. He's a pioneer. Yeah, give someone props for doing this kind of thing because they're passionate about it. I can think of nobody else really that was that that I can think of at that time that was doing something like that. Maybe they were. I mean, the 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 podcast as a medium has been around way longer than you'd think. Yeah, you know. Uh, I mean, I think it took it podcasting got steam a little later 
obviously later than it actually existed. Yeah. Um, it took time for people to come around. I still have to explain what podcasts are to sure. people. And <laughs> you just end up saying it's like radio, but for the internet. It's like yeah, it's like radio, but not on your radio. Yeah. It mostly just like my mom and people yeah. of that age of like so it, it's on the radio? Yeah. No, not really. I'll show you sometime. It's a thing. Yeah. We'll talk about it later, Grandma. <laughs> um, so anyway, uh, at, at, this, at this point now, Alex Jones has gone rogue, right? He's, rogue. he's got uh, – he, he experiences a resurgence of importance or popularity because of 9-11. Totally predictable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And, and, you know, that this would be the next line for him. Um, and it's at this point that Alex Jones starts building a repertoire of crazy-ass claims. Crazy-ass claims? Crazy-ass claims. <laughs> um, like I said, it's not clear how much of his act he really believes, although I'll get a little bit into this later. Um, popular targets for Alex Jones are always globalists, Democrats, government, big government, you know. Um, some of his most famous... Bogus claims, specifically in recent years, include claiming that Chobani yogurt was importing foreign rapists. Did you hear this one? No. <laughs> yeah. This is really recent, actually. Um, he was claiming that Chobani yogurt was bringing in, importing, and employing rapists from around the world, which is a real... I don't even know how you recruit Yeah, I was going to say, how, how do, do you... Do you put, put that, that on your ad. LinkedIn? Is that like... Yeah, you, like... Is that like a, a box and There's zip like recruiter? a tiny little box on the online application. <laughs> it's like, we prefer rapists. Are you one? Yeah, right. Check yes or no. Uh, he was. He had to retract this claim and apologize because he was under threat of a uh, lawsuit. Yeah, I want to know more about that claim. Like, why was he saying this? Or what was the impetus <laughs> for claiming that they were hiring and importing in rapists? Like, uh, yeah, I, I, I think the article that I read on Rational Wiki about him didn't really get into particular detail about that. But in a lot of these cases, they don't, they doesn't, it doesn't have to make sense. Uh, a lot of the claims of people like this don't really make sense. I, I think that's why I find it so frustrating. Yeah. Is because, I don't know, I feel like if you have power, which he obviously does, he has an ability to reach people. You also have a responsibility to use it wisely. <laughs> and... With great power yeah. comes great responsibility. Not if We've you're Alex Jones. This, but not if you're Alex Jones. And it makes me really mad because you can influence people mm-hmm. and people who maybe don't have the best critical thinking abilities. Yeah. Or, or just don't know how to exercise them or haven't been taught how to exercise them because it's a, a learned skill. Mm-hmm. So... You just, you put stuff out there and some people will just eat it up and it just drives me crazy. You can't just claim a bunch of people are rapists or being bringing rapists into the country and have no actual reason for claiming it. That's bullshit. That's well, not okay. It's always, with people like this, it's always, well, somebody said, you know, we have a report, an unsourced report, maybe from a person that doesn't yeah. exist. Protecting my sources. Yeah. It's, it's usually... Meaning- your own bullshit you made up. Yeah. And sometimes I am all for protecting sources when there are actual sources to protect, but yeah. it's something people like this hide behind sometimes. So he was forced to retract that claim. Uh, similarly, uh, there was another, uh, the, the next one was Pizzagate, which we talked about briefly. Yes. When we were talking about this topic. We don't want to talk about too much because I do want you to get into Pizzagate specifically later. I will talk about the vagaries of it. The, the generalities, which was a claim that he made that a D.C. area pizza arcade was the center for a child smuggling ring. Yes. Uh, which we can talk about this in greater detail later. But basically, there some serious you know, threat of violence resulted from it. Someone showed up with a gun. And it created a whole... It kicked off this whole thing. Yeah, and to be specific, showed up to the pizza place with a gun. Yes. Um, and nobody was... Killed, but he was forced again to retract and apologize because a libel suit was forthcoming. The it's like, when's he going to learn that people listen and take for truth the things that he says? He knows damn well. But he keeps doing this. Yeah. He keeps doing things that can actually get people hurt. And, yeah. like, do you just not care about people? Yes. That's what I believe. <laughs> That's what I can't understand. Mm-hmm. 
I'm a fairly empathetic person. Yeah. So I can't understand just like making spurious claims and just not fucking caring about the consequences when obviously more than once it's led to shit like this that you've had to retract what you said because people could possibly get hurt. But then again, on top of all that, the best liars lie to themselves first. And there's probably a part of Alex Jones every single time that entertains a notion until it becomes reality for him. And once yeah. it becomes reality, he is not he is not concerned with what happens. He conducts it's, very loose, you know, uh, I would say, like, uh, weak research to bolster the thing he already wants to think well, is happening. Well, it's that kind of thing of, well, the truth needs to be put out there. It's the truth. We can't hide in the shadows. We gotta, it doesn't matter what the consequences are. We've got to say what is right. we got to reveal the truth so people know what they're working with. And right. I get that. But it's bullshit. Yes. <laughs> Uh, so this, this, the, 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 the next and, and, and probably, uh, biggest, highest profile claim he made was that the Sandy Hook school shooting was a false flag operation filled with actors, um, which resulted in parents continuing to get harassment from his viewers, uh, calling them liars, uh, threatening them. These, yeah. these people already had to lose their kids and they're still enduring abuse from people like Alex Jones's That one really, and really, viewers. really bothers me. It's, it's very upsetting. You're you're using people's tragedy. Yeah. And the, the one of the worst things that can happen is losing a family member and for a parent losing a child. Yeah. And in that way, mm-hmm. it it's got to be horrible. No, it's it, got to be like the worst thing in the world. Yeah. So then like can you just imagine already dealing with the worst possible thing you could be dealing with? And then have people tell you that you're lying and harass you for lying about your child being dead. Like, your child is dead. Yeah. And now you have to deal with people saying that you were making it up. Um, So this, this for me, is why Alex Jones isn't funny. Yeah. Because, I mean, it's it's not that he's not funny. He actually is. On some level, he's hilarious. When you hear some of the things he has to say completely out of context... He's, he's nothing but well, a joke. And it's also not necessarily funny ha-ha. It's funny absurdism. Mm-hmm. And funny, um, oh my God, what is happening? How can I deal with this? I yeah. am going to have to make a joke of it. <laughs> right. Um, so, basically, between that and the Chobani and the Pizzagate and also, like, weird claims that, like, Obama and Hillary both smell like sulfur and stupid shit like that, Alex Jones is, like, full of... It, does he also <laughs> believe in reptilians? I would be shocked if he didn't, but I wasn't able to find him saying anything about it. Okay. So, he doesn't have to necessarily have, like, a, a thing particularly for reptilians because he already has a bad guy. Yeah. Um, Alex Jones is bad guy is basically anyone in power anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's, uh, <laughs> I put here that to me, it's hilarious that he thinks that, uh, Obama and Hillary Clinton are, are demons. Like they smell like sulfur because they're yeah. demons. Yeah. Alex Jones believes in demons, but like he mm-hmm. thinks of demons, like a five-year-old thinks of demons. He has a really childlike understanding of demons. He's watched a lot of Supernatural, Dave. It's <laughs> yes. okay. He, but he thought it was a documentary. <laughs> Evidently. <laughs> That's that's seriously that's Alex Jones in a nutshell. Uh, it's like a cartoonish in a nutshell. Right. That um, wasn't really that wasn't even a joke. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but all of this is uh, basically to get us to the frogs. Let's the talk frogs. about the frogs. I want to know about these frogs. The frogs. This is good. This is interesting to me. This was very interesting to me. Alex Jones's claim is that the United States government created and tested a gay bomb in Iraq, which would basically stop fighting by gaying up all of Iraq. Which (laughs) I don't understand. I don't either. Being gay doesn't stop you from being pugnacious. The the claim is that everyone's just going to be too busy fucking frantically to fight. Seriously. Has he met any real-life gay people? (laughs) Evidently not. Because uh, he seriously just thinks everyone's just gonna be fucking everywhere, no matter what, and so and 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 the, the, we, we tested it on our own troops, by the way. So, which by the way, someone said, and I agree with them. 
even if, if you bear this theory out to its farthest conclusion, like, it's not such a bad thing. Yeah, just, like, no fighting, just a whole lot of fucking That sounds great. If you took it seriously, it's actually kind of a really nice vision of the world. Yeah. Everyone stops fighting and just because fucks all the time. we're just fucking each other. That's, that's not that bad. That's okay. That's way less bad than war. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, Alex Jones, why do you think this is worse than war? Yeah. like Because you, you're not getting any? I, you know, evidently Alex Jones has an implicit problem with the gays. Uh, well, clearly. Otherwise this doesn't work. Well, clearly. Like, there are many, many issues with this of, like, it, clearly you've never met any real gay people because mm-hmm. the operative word in the phrase gay people is people. Right. They're multifaceted just like anyone else, so yeah. they they could have tendencies towards violence and war and fighting just as much as fucking in love <laughs> and, like, any other emotion. But then also, like, maybe this isn't about just, just turning people, like, just vanilla gay. Like, it's turning them into, like, like, like gay fuck robots or something. I don't know what he thinks is going to happen with this chemical, but or has happened with this chemical that he's... he's Obsessed mm. with, right? But he's blamed everyone from the Pentagon to Big Pharma to other business. Like, he he, moved, he shifts the blame around. It's always Big Pharma. Big Pharma. Here's the thing about the frogs. There's a pesticide turning them all into ladies. <laughs> this is Alex Jones's weird claim about turning the frogs gay. Based on the runoff from the gay bomb, apparently. Uh-huh. It's based on a real thing. That... Boy frogs are becoming lady frogs because of pesticides. So it turns out there's actually something here. Unlike almost every Alex Jones claim, there's something actually here. It's not what he thinks it is, obviously. And it's not even, like, he's saying gay. Mm -hmm. But, like, no. Something's happening to frogs. Yes. It is not what he thinks it is. Yes. Or or how he thinks it's happening. But there is a nugget of truth behind all this. And you can so see how this spins out yeah. for Alex Jones. Like oh, the yeah. root of these kind of things. Um, there's a pesticide known as atrazine. Um, it chemically castrates three quarters of the frogs, that, the male frogs that it comes into contact with. And it turns one out of ten of them into females. <clears throat> the, uh, the effect of the chemical is that it blocks endo- endocrine hormones in mm-hmm. amphibians, fish, reptiles, birds, and other things. Okay. So it actually has the effect of like expressing a high amount of estrogen or repressing testosterone or something like that. But the net effect is three quarters of them just lose their genitals and a tenth of them turn female. Ooh. Now this is this was backed up by at least three actual news sources that I read. Now I could be I could be wrong. This could be this could be bogus. But even Rational Wiki had a tip of the hat. To Alex Jones is, you know, this is one of the few claims he makes that has any kind of there, truth yeah, behind There it. is something happening to frogs. It yes. is from a chemical. It's not what he thinks. Right. It's not for the reasons he thinks. But it is a concern, an actual concern. Yes. But it's not an Alex Jones-style right. concern. Yes. Because it is really, it's just a pesticide. Which was yes. banned in the EU for years, but still in use in a lot of places, including the United States. I mean, there's there's all kinds of things that we've had to ban because of stuff like this. Sure, and actually, that was that was my next point: is that there's other causes for this kind of thing happening beyond atrazine, because we're seeing it happen in a lot of different places in a lot of ways. Um, increased production of estrogen-like chemicals by plants when they're maintained can actually be partially responsible. So, just mowing your lawn. Increases estrogen-like production in your lawn mm-hmm. and can have an effect on wildlife. So, and and here's the thing. There are, there are plants and things that have chemicals in them that Im- kind of imitate estrogen. It's basically like, kind of imitates estrogen. It's like the plant form of estrogen. Yeah. If you have issues with having too much estrogen which is one possible cause for breast cancer mm-hmm. is the reason my grandma had breast cancer twice it's because she basically had too much estrogen mm-hmm. the last time she had it was like 
between five and ten years ago when she was already 70, which is like unheard of to have too much estrogen when you're postmenopausal. Right. And one possible thing that can happen is you could be eating a lot of foods that have this chemical in them. So if you have an issue with already having too much estrogen or a hormone imbalance, there are specific foods that you're supposed to avoid because of that effect. I believe soy is one of them. Um, And there's a bunch of other ones, a lot of vegetables and stuff. But yeah, like that's a common thing. That's not an uncommon or unrealistic or unscientific thing. It's something we know about. Yeah. So it's it's demonstrable. It's it's interesting that just doing something as easy as like maintaining your lawn Mm -hmm. affects it. Yeah. That and like other things we know about like pharmaceuticals being flushed into the water. Uh, Which is why, guys, guys, I work at a pharmacy. Do not flush things down the toilet. Do not throw them away. If you have pills laying around that you do not need and you need to safely get rid of them, contact your local police department. Ask if they have um, a pharmaceutical drop-off day. Mm -hmm. A lot of them have like a specific day. Of the month, some of them have one all the time. I'm pretty sure our local police department, you could drop them off anytime. Mm-hmm. Or contact your local pharmacy and ask them if they know of anyone who has a drop-off day. Mm-hmm. Don't just take them to your pharmacy and expect them to get rid of them for you because we can't do that. But some places do have a drop-off. And they'll get rid of them in a the proper way and don't have to worry about someone reselling drugs yeah. or disposing of them. In a way that puts chemicals into your water supply and yeah. soil Cause, cause and people, stuff like people that. People flush them, basically. Yeah. People flush pills yeah. and then and, they... And some, some you kind of can and it's not going to do anything, but like, just don't. Just err on the side of disposing of things properly and not turning any frogs gay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's such a hilarious jump to me from, you know... You know, deformities in nature to gay frogs. Like, it's for me, it's so hilarious to go from one to the next, but it's totally emblematic of the way Alex Jones thinks, and people like him. It's it's like a really silly, cartoonish understanding of something complicated. Yeah, well, it, because also in my head, when I, when I think of something being gay, I think of it... Okay. Largely just identifying itself as gay. So I'm just imagining all these frogs just looking at Alex Jones and going, no, no, I'm totally gay now. Yeah, right. I'm gay now, Alex. Yeah, I just right. wanted to tell you I'm gay now. I thought you should know that we're all gay. <laughs> we, we all came here to tell you something very important. Please sit down. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's so bizarre to me. It's so hilarious. Um, but yeah, the important thing uh, that I wanted to convey about the frogs is that something's happening. Not how or why he thinks it is. Something has happened. Something has happened. That's our best John B. McElmore. Uh, John B., number one in my uh, heart. John B. <laughs> you will forever be a voice in my head. Listen to listen listen to uh, S-Town. Please that's listen a, to S-Town. Seriously. It's, just do yourself that favor. John B. will be in your head forever. He will be, he, seriously, he is a character in my head for the rest of my life. He's always there. It's just John B. McElmore, just this little nugget yeah. somewhere in my brain. This little southern little, little, hummingbird fluttering yeah. around in my head. Little piece in my heart, <laughs> little spot in my brain. So, summary. Summary on Alex Jones. Uh, I think it's fair to say he's hilarious in so many ways that it's like a never-ending gift. And every time the guy opens his mouth, something ridiculous pops out. But that said, the people who take him seriously are a real serious threat. Yeah. And so it's like, even even though in the specific he's hilarious, in the general he's terrifying. Um, so many of his views and his reach and listenership have been connected to some kind of real life danger. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't even mention the shooting of uh, Gabby Giffords, the senator uh, in Arizona, I want to say, <laughs> when she was shot in the head. Oh, yeah. Uh, at, a, at a rally and then had to spend. Over a year in recovery, mm-hmm. and they thought for sure she was going to die. Mm-hmm. Uh, the guy, that, the guy that shot her, is one of these guys, an Alex Jones guy. Like you know the 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 consequences of Alex Jones's 
you know, behavior exists. There are real consequences. Mm-hmm. It seems inevitable that he's going to have to answer for them at some point. And it's it's really insidious because it is a funny. It's it's fun to be like, oh, this is crazy, haha. Yeah. Ha. But there are people that believe these things. Yeah, they're doing real things that harm other people. Mm-hmm. Um, and not to say that people that don't believe these things do things to hurt other people. It happens all the time. But sure. He has a responsibility that he refuses to acknowledge a lot of the time, mm-hmm. and that's not okay. He and incites how many fear people... and panic. Yeah. That makes people do desperate things. Yeah. There's a direct connection. You and know? you can't you can't incite panic. No. Like you that's in in the free speech mm-hmm. part. Like it's not free speech to incite panic. Well, you know, that's the that's the difficult thing is making a direct connection. Like, I would hesitate to make a direct connection and say Alex Jones is legally responsible. Yeah, you'd never be able to do that. But in the broad sense, he contributes. <laughs> mm-hmm. And in ways big and small. So, uh, I guess, you know, that's it. You can only really incite panic and fear for so long before whatever happens is your responsibility, if not legally, you know, like, you know, morally. Um, but... Does a man like Alex Jones have morals? Yeah, that's the question. I don't. Or, I, thi- I think I, if he know, really sure believes, he does. that's the thing. If he really believes this shit, he probably does believe I'm he's sure acting he does. morally. I just, I don't know that they're in line with mm-hmm. everyone else's. But they're specific to what the things he believes. If he actually believes, them. <clears throat> yeah. If he doesn't believe any of this stuff. Yeah. Uh, then he is an amoral individual. Now, in, this year in his custody trial with his wife, where they were trying to determine who had custody of the kids. Oh, God, he has kids. Yeah. It, yep. <sighs> uh, he and his he and his wife hash it out over these kind of things in court. And uh, his lawyer's defense of him, Alex Jones's lawyer's defense, was that he's playing a character. That was the claim. Because of some of the crazy things that he has done and said around the house that she alleged were things that he says on the radio. And his his argument, his lawyer's argument was, he doesn't bring this stuff home, and he's playing a character. And I still don't know which to believe. I don't think anyone can really know what to believe. I don't know how the judge decided on this, but they the judge decided yeah. in her favor for custody of the kids. Good for that judge. Yeah. So that's a question with him. You know, yeah. is, he, is he amoral? Does he really believe he's being and, moral? And what is worse... <laughs> Honestly, yeah, is it worse to have someone who is just playing a character, but it, that character incites panic and makes all kinds of spurious claims and eggs people on to harass families who have lost mm-hmm. their children and do all this, and is okay with that, yeah, because he's making money from it, yeah, or is it worse to be a person who actually believes these things but believes all kinds of things mm-hmm. that aren't necessarily true and isn't really fact checking and doesn't really care which is worse mm-hmm. and which one would you want to raise your children yeah if either yeah, i will say this i finished reading vonnegut's mother night this morning mm-hmm. the the book begins with vonnegut saying in character this is one of the only of my stories which has a moral that I know. And I don't think it's a particularly great moral, but it is a clear moral nonetheless. We are what we pretend to be. So we must mm-hmm. be careful about what we pretend to be. Yeah, that's a good point, too. And the story is about a propagandist mm-hmm. who is essentially a war criminal. Mm-hmm. And nothing, it feels so relevant to me. I mean, that's right on the, right on the head of this question is does it matter? Mm-hmm. Whether Alex Jones is in character or not. You know? I think we also become who we pretend. And, I mean, like that quote is, we, we are who we pretend to be. Yeah. Even if we don't fully buy into it, mm-hmm. you have to, to some degree. Yeah. Um, if he's, if he's pretending to be this character... Then I mean, that's terrible. And if he's not, it's also terrible. Like, it sort of doesn't matter whether he's pretending yeah. or not. That's what he is now. It's also, like, like people will say, like, fake it till you make it. <laughs> Pretend you're happy until you feel happy. Mm-hmm. It's like a psychological principle. We can trick ourselves. Yeah. And now, not to say that that advice works all the time, 
if you actually have legitimate issues, if you actually have like clinical depression, faking it till you make it or like pretending to be happy till you're actually happy probably isn't going to work. But we do have the ability to lie to ourselves and to trick ourselves into feeling differently or, you know, acting like a different person. We all put on a character sometimes. Mm -hmm. I don't think it matters in this case of (laughs) it's horrible. He's horrible. Yeah. Whether he really believes it or not, because he has a power in what he is saying. Yeah. And there are people, even if he doesn't believe this stuff, really, there are people who do. Yeah. And who act on it. Yeah. If you're honestly, if you measure all things by their practical results in the world. You know, if you really look at things strictly for, like, the the fruit that they bear, then, yeah, there is no defense to this kind of thing. Yeah. But, you know, Dave, thank you for telling me about the frogs. (laughs) Yep. The frogs are... Now now you know. The frogs are... We'll just say they're all turning gay. Yes. The answer is they're all turning gay. No, no, no. They're not gay. Oh, okay. They're not gay. Oh, I already forget the point. They are um, (laughs) switching genders. Um, Involuntarily. My final bullet point on this was that uh, poop swastikas and gay frogs and globalist conspiracy to steal our children continue to be entertaining in the abstract. No amount of ridicule seems to slow this guy down amazingly, but ridicule is basically all we have. Yep. I really do think it may not really be funny in the specific when you look at what, what, what kind of things happen out of this, but ridicule is all we have. Satire is all we have. Calling people out on this kind of stuff is important. Yeah. And Alex Jones no less than anyone else. Mm-hmm. It's it was the same thing with David Ike. Oh, I wanted to apologize. I think his name is pronounced Ike. Yes, I said it Ick the whole time. Yeah, I didn't realize that until later either. Yeah. So David Ike. Mm-hmm. Um, my apologies for mispronouncing the last name, <laughs> Mister Icky. Mister Icky. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. but that's something that surprised me about him as well, because despite the claims. And despite his little downfall when people suddenly didn't respect him, mm-hmm. he's written a bunch of books. He has a bunch of followers, a bunch of money. Yeah. Didn't slow him down. No. Same thing for Alex Jones. Right. But all we can do is question these people and question their claims and um, teach people to think critically mm-hmm. and hope that they see through this kind of stuff and use our satire yeah the best we can and hope that eventually it exposes things that are ridiculous as ridiculous yes so have a laugh that's the message this week a spoof little gaff have a little laugh at alex jones saying the words poop swastika go google it it's fun i'm gonna google it have you ever seen it i haven't it's just him staring the camera down for a while and then going i saw a poop swastika Oh, no. Oh. <laughs> I don't even know what the context is. And uh, you know what? So I don't want to. That's the thing. Poop swastika. It's like, that's what pulls me in. That's why I wanted you to talk about this. Because yeah. I'm like, I get that it's funny that he's yelling about the frogs being gay. <laughs> but why is he yelling about the frogs being gay? I'm in. I'm in. And I can't help myself. Yeah. It's hypnotic. <laughs> and now I got to learn about poop swastika. So, yeah. Fuck ba- Alex Jones. Basically, enjoy InfoWars uh, as a laugh. It's a, it's a real stupid time. Don't pay him any money. Don't, yeah, don't. Don't do that. Um, I wonder how eventually, if people listen to this, how many people are going to complain I don't about know. how the frogs are really gay. They're really turning gay. <laughs> the swastikas are really made of poop. Uh, and we're making light of very important issues. Yeah, you know, uh, if you if you have if you take issue with this, please drop us a line and let us <laughs> let know us, how wrong we were about those poop swastikas. Know, don't send us any poop swastikas, <laughs> but you can send us pictures of poop swastikas. Let's maybe take that back. <laughs> don't send us any kind of form of swastika. Anyway, we're not in support of swastikas. So that's episode four. Yeah. Uh, all about Alex Jones and the gay frogs. Uh, mm. We will be back. Next week, uh, with another topic that I don't think we've really selected yet. We don't so know what we're going to talk about us. yet. Yeah. But it will be fun. There may be some cookies. I can't promise anything. Uh, I don't know. Maybe there'll be some other kind of snack. <laughs> yeah, right. That will eat directly into the microphone and I'll get crumbs <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> because that's me. Um, 
I hope you guys have enjoyed these past couple podcasts. They've been very uh, conspiracy yeah. theory Kind focused. of front-loaded it with some, some really interesting, kind yeah. of wacky out there topics. We're not always going to talk about conspiracy theories. Um, we'll, we're going to talk about anything that interests us. So mm-hmm. if you guys have something that you're curious about mm-hmm. and think we might be curious about, we would love to talk about it. So you could drop us a line. Um, once we have an actual website and email and everything set up, we'll, we'll have that. Yeah. You could tell us there. Yeah. So anyway, in the meanwhile, see you next week. Don't turn any frogs gay. And, uh, have a good laugh because it's all you can do. Yeah. Life is horrible. Just laugh about it. (laughs) Bye. Bye. You've been listening to Goose Chase. We are Goose Chase Podcast on Facebook and Twitter. On Twitter, our handle is at GooseChasePod, and our website is www.GooseChasePodcast.com. If you have any topics you would like us to research, please email us at GooseChasePodcast at gmail.com. Want to go on a goose chase? Yes. <laughs>